lesson today is actually from Genesis, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, or page 3 and 4 in your pew Bible. Please stand if you are able. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. The word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. There is someone who is worshiping with us today who is thinking, boy, is Pastor full of surprises. Is she trying to test us on every, every, in every way? First she says there's no dove in the sanctuary. Aha, we found a dove. And then she says the gospel lesson is from Genesis. What is she doing? Are you paying attention? <laughs> Are you paying attention? Because we know that uh, Genesis is not one of the gospels. Uh, we do know that uh, the gospel for today comes from Mark chapter 1, beginning with verses 4 through 11. For a few minutes on today, I want to uh, preach from the topic becoming. See, some of you didn't even catch it. You just were happy you were standing and didn't realize that you were standing not to hear the gospel, but to hear from the Hebrew scriptures. So here's the question. Where and when have you witnessed uh, God's uh, sightings or manifestations? Um, for many of us here in the life of this church, whenever we gather as a committee or as a board or even as a staff, we'll ask, so, so what are some God sightings that you have witnessed lately? That you have witnessed lately. I'll slow down. Where have you seen God at work? And that requires our needing to do what? Pay attention, not just on a Sunday morning, but Monday through Saturday. We, as followers of Jesus Christ, are called to see where is God at work? How is God manifesting God's self in the everyday world? And during this season of Epiphany, the season of celebrating the manifestation of God to humankind, the God who brought forth light, the God of creation, and the God who made us in God's image. Imago Day, the manifestation of God through light, the light of the world, Jesus Christ. During this season of Epiphany, we are called to see how God reveals God's self to us in this everyday world. This God who has manifested God's self to us through Jesus Christ lets us know through that manifestation that God desires to have an intimate relationship with humanity whom God has created. In the Gospel of Mark, God's dramatic acknowledgement of Jesus makes it clear again that through the words and deeds of Jesus, we human beings are encountering the enacted intention of God, and that is for God to know us up close and personal, and also for us to know God up close and personal. 
And this is that doctrine of incarnation that we, the Christian church, embraces. In the gospel lesson, John, that unique prophet, calls people to repentance and baptizes those who respond to his call. What is interesting about this text is John not only baptizes the people from Jerusalem and the countryside, in this text we find John actually baptizing Jesus Christ. Let's be real clear, beloved, that the baptism of Jesus by John was not for one who had sinned. Jesus is sinless, but the baptism of Jesus informed Mark's readers of Jesus' true identity. Jesus is the divinely appointed Messiah. His baptism, says Karl Barth, the great theologian, manifested his already existing identity. In this text, in this text, we find that John baptizes with water, but John says Jesus will come and baptize with the Holy Spirit. I'm mindful that there are some Christians within the body of Jesus Christ that is made up of different denominations and faith, that there are some Christians who believe that the church's baptism by water needs to be supplemented by another baptism, and they call it the baptism by the Holy Spirit. We as United Methodists and the majority of Christians, I would suggest, regard the baptism of John and Jesus as different dimensions of the church's ritual of initiation. And I'll talk more about that in a few moments. We believe, we believe that yes, we baptize with water. That's the physical, visible sign in a public ceremony, and yet at the same time, the Holy Spirit is at work within the individual who has accepted Jesus Christ in his or her life as Savior and Lord. There is no need for a supplemental baptism by the Holy Spirit. When you accept Jesus Christ into your life, when you are baptized, you receive at that moment the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. If you have the Holy Spirit dwelt within you, say amen. 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 If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter how you feel. The fact is that the Holy Spirit has taken up residence within your life. In Corinthians, we are reminded that our bodies serve as the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's why we're very careful about how we treat this temple. Yes. This sense of belonging to Jesus Christ as a result of our being initiated into the church through our baptism is a key understanding that we must grab hold of. We belong to Jesus Christ. We belong to Jesus Christ. And there's nothing and no one that can tear us away from that relationship. We know also that Christian baptism is a communal experience. When one is baptized in Jesus Christ, they are initiated into the church. You now become a part of the body of Jesus Christ. And that becoming is not just a one-time experience, but it's an ongoing experience. What do you mean by that, Pastor? Becoming, meaning that within the body of Christ, we continue to grow and go as people who are following Jesus Christ. 
let me go back and just say for a moment, baptism with the Holy Spirit suggests a permanent change in an individual's relationship with God. It's, it's permanent. Nothing, nothing, nothing can change it. The Holy Spirit. Jesus describes him in John chapter 14, verse 26, as the advocate. The Holy Spirit, the one who will teach us all truths. Yes, we are new creatures because of the baptism that we have experienced. We belong to Jesus Christ. We are new creations. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 states it clearly. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Let me just pause for one moment. Let me park there for a moment. I don't know what you are continuously being faced with that would suggest to you that you have not changed. I don't know what barriers you are facing in your life that would suggest to you that you are your old self. The Word of God says that when we accept Jesus Christ into our lives, we have become a new creation. And so, whatever the struggles is, we will continue to struggle with them. Whatever the sin might be, we will continue to confess and ask God to forgive us of that sin, trusting God to help us to overcome whatever that sin might be. We continue to cling to the fact that the Word of God says we are new creations Hallelujah. in Jesus Christ. And, 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 and because of that initiation into the church, because of that initiation into the body of Jesus Christ, because we are a community of faith, we belong to one another. We are brothers and sisters. Jesus said, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters. In the assembly, I will sing your praises. Turn around and look at somebody and just say, you're my sister. You're my brother. You're my sister. We, the body of Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, we care for one another. In Hebrews, again, we are told, and let us consider how we may spur or provoke one another on toward love and good deeds. This is Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. I must tell you this very brief story. So yesterday I was running errands, and um, I found myself just sharing uh, with a... a, a um, a service uh, personnel, and I just said, I have, I have X number of tasks to complete today, and she said, you got this. <laughs> and, and I thought, and I thought, and I thought, and I appreciated that affirmation, right? I appreciated that. Now, now what I know, well, I don't know. I, I'm making some, some assumptions. I shouldn't do that, but, but I'm not sure where her faith walk is. But this is what I do know. I know that, that when she said, you got this, I, I felt pretty good. But this is what I know. I know 
that when one of you says to me, you got this, I know that after you tell me, you're going to pray about it to make sure that I do get it. We are brothers and sisters, and we can expect encouragement from one another, love from one another, forgiveness from one another, acceptance from one another. And yes, we're called to worship together. Now, this relationship of becoming, I mean, there are some folk who've already parked. They've just said, you know what? I have this relationship with Jesus Christ, and I'm satisfied with what I have and where I am. And I would suggest to you, my brothers and sisters, that as followers of Jesus Christ, we have not stopped. We are becoming more and more and more like Jesus Christ, and we will not reach that completion of being fully like Jesus Christ until the day we see Jesus face to face. So in the meantime, we are becoming, and what that means is that the ministry that Jesus began, the advancement of God's kingdom here on earth, making God known to humanity, that's the ministry that we are to continue to carry out. And this relationship with Jesus Christ is one of going and growing We are to go where Jesus leads us individually and as the body of Jesus Christ. And we are to grow individually and as the body of Jesus Christ. Now, I know there are some people who will say to you, oh, I can't go yet because because I'm not equipped to go. I, I don't know enough about the Bible in order to go. Let me share with you this news flash. The people you meet today, they don't want to know what you know. They want to know the one whom you know. They want to know about your testimony. You tell me about this Jesus. What has he done for you? And we know that because we are committed, we will continue to grow, but never, never, never use the excuse that you cannot go because you've not grown enough. This journey is about going and growing, and the more we go, the more we will grow because life situations will fill us with those opportunities or present to us those opportunities for us to grow. Yes, go and grow. And it is by the power of the Holy Spirit that we go. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit that we grow. And this is an ongoing process. That's why we are constantly becoming So one may be asking the question today, well, pastor, tell us, how can we go and grow? I would suggest to you that by living out our baptismal vows, they're not static, (laughs) they're fluid, we will be able to continue to go and to continue to grow. So here's the question, are you ready to go and grow this year? That's the question for me individually. That's the question for you individually. That's the question that we have to ask ourselves. And then here's the other question. Are we ready to go and grow this year as a congregation? I recognize that there are some people who wish we could go back 10 or 15 years. We can't. I know there are some people who wish there were certain people in the pews. They're not. I know there are some people who wish we could just be. We can't. God, who has manifested God's self in Jesus Christ, is calling us to go forward following Jesus Christ. So are we ready 
to be fearlessly obedient to the plans that Jesus Christ has for us? Are we willing to be challenged to act on those opportunities that Jesus Christ presents us with? I would suggest to you, by virtue of what I have been hearing, we are. We are. We are. Yes, one way is by living out our baptismal vows. So as we prepare to remember our baptismal vows, let us pray and ask for courage to live out those vows in the power of the Holy Spirit. Join me now in prayer. Loving God, you anointed Jesus at his baptism with the Holy Spirit and revealed him as your dear son. Thank you for making us your children by water and the Spirit. Keep us faithful to you throughout our lives. We ask this through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I invite you now to prepare for the reaffirmation of our vows. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. I'm going to ask that those of you who are uh, able to please stand, and if you're not able to stand physically, then please stand in the Spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. Through the reaffirmation of our faith, we renew the covenant declared at our baptism. Acknowledge what God is doing for us and affirm our commitment to Christ's holy church. On behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness Reject the evil powers of this world and repent of your sin. I do. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior? Put your whole trust in his grace and promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? I do. According to the grace given to you, will you remain faithful members of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representatives in the world? I 
Let us join together in professing the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments. Do you believe in God the Father? Do you believe in Jesus Christ? I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. Amen. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. After the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. Sing to the Lord all the earth, tell of God's mercy each day. In the fullness of time, you sent Jesus, nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. We declare Christ's works to the nations, his glory among all the people. Pour out your Holy Spirit and by this gift of water, call to our remembrance the grace declared to us in our baptism. For you have washed away our sins and you clothed us with righteousness throughout our lives that dying and rising with Christ, we may share in his final victory. Together, all praise to you, eternal Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever. Amen. During the time of serving communion, I invite you to come and to dip your finger in the water. You may also, if you choose to, make the sign of the cross on your forehead. Let's remember, this is not rebaptism. We do not rebaptize in the United Methodist Church. This is a service of our reaffirming, remembering our baptism. And so may you remember your baptism and be thankful. You may be seated. <clears throat> 